Hey, welcome back to PH Expanded. This is Mike McDonald, late here in Tennessee on a uh, Saturday night after the Brighton game. Uh, that game was different again. Seems like perhaps every Arsenal game this season has been mightily different from the last. Uh, maybe I'm a little off there, but we're not quite sure what we're going to get. Uh, so consistency, which is what we're all craving when we get a glimpse of the promised land like uh, last week. Uh, well, still new team, right? So long way to go. And there's going to be ups and downs. Uh, just hoping for a, a run of good results, which I suppose we're on. Um, so uh, enjoyed the game, though, even though it wasn't quite as exciting as last week. Uh, so let's crack on here. Uh, the sliding doors moment I felt of the game was uh, Brighton's first half misses. I wrote about it in the blog that I really felt at half time that uh, in other games in previous eras or previous months back, not too long far back, right? We would have been down at half time, struggled to recover, and had a very disappointing result. But a uh, combination of determination, a little bit of luck, horrible finishing, quite honestly, by Brighton, um, was uh, the pivotal moment there because we could have gone from the North London Derby energy that we've created there to back to uh, Arteta out and we're not very good and we're supposed to be back on the up and all of the negativity but a point, honestly, against a team that's doing rather well and played uh, very well um, against us and played uh, and pressed us to a point where we were very much unable to play our game for two-thirds of that game, it seemed to me, the way we wanted to. There was no fluidity from Arsenal beyond the first opening quarter of the game. Uh, so, got to take a point sometimes. Uh, fans don't like that, but... I think you've got to take a point sometimes. A couple of positives I want to pick out. Uh, Lukonga online after the game seemed to be taking some heat from some. Arteta thought that he was very good and complimenting him even beyond some of the others, which was intelligent, I thought, because that must have been a very difficult game for him. He's had He's been thrown in at the deep end, much like, I suppose, Guendouzi when he first arrived at Arsenal. Uh, and he's done very well overall. Uh, and he wasn't perfect today. There was some positioning missing there. There was some connections missing and wasn't quite at his fluid best. But the fact that he was trusted in that game, in those conditions, um, and he came through, it honestly, regardless of how it went for him and Tomiyasu, for me, that was Tomiyasu's hardest game. I think that that experience is invaluable because... At some point, you need to know what the Premier League is really like. And at its toughest, it's not really getting spanked by Manchester City 5-0 because you don't ex necessarily expect to win that game. But it is that cold night in, in Stoke type thing that people talk about about English football, which is just the harsh conditions. Whether it's windy in Stoke or pouring with rain in Brighton, which you don't expect down on the south coast. And a physical pressing game for the entire game. So different than any other league. They have to go through that. And 
when they come through it, regardless of how it went, as long as they've got a positive attitude about it and take the positives from it and learn from the mistakes, that's so invaluable. So the next time it happens for Sambi, for Tommy, it won't be a surprise for them. And uh, they'll be ready for it and they won't need a pep talk. They'll get it. I think that's really important. So that's what I take away from uh, Lukonga's performance in particular. Also wanted to pick up on Gabrielle. Um, for us to achieve consistency as a team, which we strive for, pine for as fans, we're going to have to have players that play consistently. Uh, so, to me this season, Gabrielle has made a step up. Last season, he was sort of representative, I think, of of Arsenal. As far as, you know, you did not know necessarily what you were going to get as far as product and efficiency. But this season, he's been... Um, I wonder if he's been given somewhat of a leadership role of the defence and decided to um, step up his game and be a little bit more mentally focused, perhaps, uh, from moment to moment, and see the value in playing a truly solid 90 minutes rather than 80 with a few blips. Uh, perhaps it's just adjusting to the Premier League. I said at the beginning of the season that a player like him, we may see a better season from because he's adjusted now, uh, hoping that Pepe would have as well. Of course, Pepe's back where he was last season, back on the bench. But Gabriel, I see him uh, raising his game. I see his leadership. I see his vocal. I'm not at the games, but I can see that that vocal piece that he was missing before organising. He's when we do play a back three as well. He's trusted in the middle, which is a very interesting point, I think, because you have to be able to communicate and lead from there. Um, so uh, I'm impressed. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops because he's got physically the stature and the uh, profile of a player that could go to the very top of the game. And Arsenal have quite a few of those now that have a lot of potential to go to the top of the game. Uh, I love his passing. Love the no-look passes. He only did one today and it zipped along that wet turf and split the lines. But um, it's just so encouraging that we have two players centrally at the back where previously we may maybe had none that could play those balls and go from back to front uh, so quickly. Um, but more than anything, it's his determination in the back, his presence in the air, so much more reliable. And again, against Duffy, Dunk, and the other chap, who was that, Dan Byrne. Uh, that was, there were many times that Gabriel was the winner. Um, so kudos to him. A uh, couple of improvements, needs that I feel like the team needs to adjust. I'm not, I'd have to re-watch that game to fully understand why we did not play with a higher line. Um, Mope's fairly quick, but you can't tell me that Tierney, White, Gabriel and Tomiyasu are not, or that he's faster than them. I just don't see that. Um, and as their highest point... Uh, I'm wondering if Arteta was preparing for Tarek Lamptey and the players didn't readjust because 
we backed off almost to the edge of our box and invited them to dominate big periods of the game where I felt that if we'd have pushed a high line like they did, then this could have been very different and we could have won the ball higher up the field and nullified them and encouraged them to play behind on a wet day. That may sound contradictory because in my blog I was talking about not playing a Bami Yang in, um, but with the weight of pass that a player like Erdegaard has, I felt like we had the player yeah, to play a Bami Yang in and not hit it too hard on a wet day and skip through to the goalkeeper. And I don't think Brighton had that player. I felt we should have taken advantage of that and played with a higher line and trusted our pace um, and Ramsdale's excellent positioning to cope with any balls behind rather than invite them closer and closer to goal. Um, but maybe I have to re-watch that. Maybe there's a better reason and I'm missing it. The other one I wanted to tell just a short story from my past to help explain how I felt on the 44th minute. Uh, that was the, just before halftime, obviously, when the ball came across the box forget who crossed it, that's not important, but um, the defender missed it and Aubameyang wasn't ready. Uh, I remember, this is just a cute story more than anything, but I remember when I was a young man playing, I think it was elementary school football, or I'm being American there, um, primary school football, um, I uh, had a moment to win a big game. And uh, I think it was a corner and the ball came across and I was pretty good in the air. I was raised in the era of headers and volleys and all the Brits listening to this will remember headers and volleys on the playground and after school, you can only score from a header or a volley. And I was pretty good at those because I'd spent way too much time in my childhood uh, eating sweets and playing headers and volleys. So anyway, my coach knew that even at a tender age that I could... Um, be a threat and the ball came across missed the first guy at the front post missed the second guy basically it came through the pack and there I was at the back post and I could win I could win the game and I was flat-footed the ball skipped past me and I missed that opportunity and you know we don't remember many things from our youth there's little pieces here and there that we can bring up from when we were the age of 12 and younger just these small bite-sized memories. And I don't know why we, re we remember certain things and, and not others. I, mean, I must have played in hundreds of football matches, probably like you as a child, but I remember this one. So the coach came up to me after the game and looked at me and said, always think the ball is coming to you. And that's all he said. And as a young man, I didn't ever process that or understand what he was talking about. Not even sure if I connected it with the particular moment that he wanted me to. I think I was just disappointed. But I remembered it. And later in life, when that memory came back to me, I understood what he was saying. And then I became a coach at the age of 16, actually, and uh, went back to coach the primary school that I was playing for that day. And I've used that to teach other kids that when the ball comes in the box uh, and it's not, well, it's coming to you, but there's a crowd. There's a crowd in the way. 
or even there's just one player in the way, then you have to believe that they're going to miss it. Whether it's on your team, the other team, that's your job. You have to believe the worst in your team or the best for your team in the fact that the opponent's going to miss it. So you're ready. Most of the time it won't come. But you play enough football, it'll come a time or two. And if you believed it was coming to you, you'll be ready. And on that wet surface and that ball skidding across the box... And it just missed a Bamiang's, I don't know, groinal area. I'm not sure. It was very close. All he needed to do was stick any body part on that. And the ugliest goal he ever would have scored would have won us that game. And so I had that moment for him that I experienced when my coach came up to me. And I wonder if Arteta would have said something similar. Probably not to a guy in his 30s. He's a professional footballer that knows himself what happened there. But he didn't anticipate that. And uh, I say this not to knock him, but I've seen that a few times with him, is that he doesn't have that mentality that the player's going to miss it. So, small detail, cute story. Uh, Lastly, I wanted to uh, bring out one of the hopes that I have moving forward uh, I'm really looking, it's a couple of weeks, isn't it, until the next game, which, are we having international breaks every three weeks? Am I dreaming that? Is this a new schedule? I don't know if I pay enough attention to, you know, the contrast. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> here comes another international break. And I think there's another one, actually, after that. Um, so it feels like this is sort of Premier League um football featuring international breaks or sponsored by international breaks this season but um anyway when we come back we play play palace don't we uh i was looking at that game and i'm not sure that palace will play this front four but if i was vieira i would be very tempted at the emirates to play um zahar uh, Ezzy. Now, Ezzy's long-term injury, I'm not sure if he's going to be back. There's talk that he's going to be back soon, I believe. Uh, Elise behind and Edward up front. Because that, for Crystal Palace, is the most exciting front four I've ever seen at that club, ever in their history. Uh, Ezzy is a, of a level to play for a club like Arsenal, in my opinion. Zahar, of course, we know, and he is too. Odson Edward is a troublemaker for opponents and got a little bit of everything and started on fire in the Premier League. And Michael Elisa, if you haven't seen him when he played for Reading last year and he's been sitting the bench for Crystal Palace, if he's given some faith and opportunities, he is a dream of an attacking midfielder. Um, So I'm wondering if Vieira will trust them and have them start and have a go at Arsenal. So I think what's important, because Crystal Palace's strength, no doubt is this front line. Even if two of them don't play, they're far more dangerous going forward than they ever have been. We need to start fast. And I think we probably will, because we have been recently. But there was a game, which one was it, where we squeezed any attacking impetus that the the opponent had. Maybe it was even the Tottenham game. Maybe it was the Norwich one too. Doesn't matter. But sometimes you can see the opponent's lineup before the game and worry about this one and that one. Uh, I think I remember when we played Norwich, 
there's a player I've been looking at for a couple of years that they purchased called, I think they pronounce it Zolly, starts with a T, TZ, and I was very concerned because he's potentially a top player. After the game was over, I'd forgotten that he was even on the field. And you can do that. You can take top players or top talents out of the game by not letting them touch the ball or play their game because you have the initiative and you have the ball. So you don't get to see their attacking threat. So Arsenal have got to go at the throats of Crystal Palace because if we back off and let them play and have the ball, they'll gain confidence. And we don't need that because uh, they're a trickier team than they ever have been. Lastly, before I go, I want to say a thank you to Jack Browns uh, in Chattanooga, which is where we got to watch the game today. And they were very uh, kind to us and flattering. And so I really appreciate that. If you're ever in Chattanooga, Tennessee, go check them out. Delicious burgers and a good time. And um, I appreciated them. Wanted to say that. Hope you have a good international break and that you thoroughly enjoy England versus Andorra whatever you're going to watch, and maybe Aaron Ramsdale will get to play in that one. Um, but he probably won't touch the ball. There you go. Have a good day. Cheers. Ta-da.